0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: And there it goes. I'm going to try something real quick.
2: All right. Make sure. Welcome into Pittsburgh Training Camp Live. Kale Berger with you with our Steelers insiders from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, Jeff Hathorn and Jim Colony. Wow, Colony. what a dramatic entrance there by Jim! A surprise entrance. That's Jim Colony's music coming in here. I know.
1: No, I'm like I'm, I'm like Ben at training camp. I wait till everybody's out on the field, and then I come up out of the runway, and everybody cheers, and I go,
2: "Yay, here I am!"
1: When you're there a seasoned
2: veteran like Jim Colony, you can make those type of surprise uh, surprise entrances. Uh, we're hey. with you every Monday and Friday, 10 a.m. here on the Odyssey app, giving you all the inside info from Steelers training camp 2021. And, guys, one of the big storylines from this weekend involves Kevin Dotson. He finally made his uh, return in full to the practice field on Sunday, uh, but he's with the second team. And asked after the game or after the practice, Mike Tomlin when asked why he was with the second team, you know why he wasn't in there with the starters after starting four games a year ago, he said, and I quote, "He's done nothing to earn first-team reps. What are we talking about? He's a second-year <laughs> guy that hadn't worked." Jim, you were there alongside me uh, there on Sunday. What was your read or what was your take on, on Mike Tomlin's comments? Because I feel like there's there's multiple ways we can we can kind of interpret those.
1: Well, that was Coach T being Coach T, uh, and it was kind of about time he reverted to. The way he talks about certain young players. Uh, the interesting thing to me, OK, is that before that he was asked about richard Coward, OK, who was running on the first team at left guard. And he was very complimentary, said nice things about Rashard Coward, including talking about his uh, let's see his veteran demeanor. Rashard Coward is also a second-year player. <laughs> He's yeah. not, Kevin Dotson's a second-year player. Um, I just think this is much ado about nothing, and and I would I would imagine that. And and by the way, even Dotson himself laughed it off on social media with emojis. That's how he laughed it off. Yeah. And so I don't think this is I don't think this is any big deal. Um. But it's it's one of those things where and look, it did take me aback a little bit. When I when I heard it, I'm thinking like wait wait a minute. He was like your most effective returning. He's your most effective returning lineman, yeah. and and yet he still gave him short shrift. I was I was a little surprised, but then I'm thinking, not ah, you know what, Coach T is just kind of throwing something there. But I you know if Dotson doesn't start, actually maybe as early as Thursday, I would be I would be
0: surprised. I'd be surprised if he did. I think Tomlin's going to drag this out a little bit and and make him really feel it and earn it. And yeah, he's a second year player. He's only started a, a few games in his career, so. I think Tomlin is trying to light a fire under him and and try to get him going, get him at some consistent practices. Obviously, he's dealing with injury, but, uh, yeah, Tomlin's not going to give it anything. i tell you what's scary, though. If you read up on Rashad Coward and look up at anything that Bears fans or experts or PFF said about him, uh, you don't want him out there. Uh, (laughs) He's not someone you want on your offensive line, according to all that. Now, maybe this is a fresh start with a new offensive line coach and blah, 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 but uh, he was graded out by far their worst lineman last year and uh, maybe a change of scenery, but I, I think this is just to fire up Dodson and hopefully it works. I mean, not that he necessarily needs it, but no one is no one has anointed a job on that team except for number seven.
2: You, you know, and when you mentioned Rashad Coward, it's especially prudent when you have a 39-year-old quarterback there that you need to make sure that you're sound along the offensive line. And based on his track record from a year ago, uh, Mike Tomlin might want to rethink that. But when I go to these, these dots and comments when I heard them yesterday, you know, I didn't even take it as him trying necessarily to write light a fire under, under Dotson. I took it as him just being a little annoyed that he hadn't practiced yet. And that he isn't in with the first team because he hadn't worked and by worked as in he hadn't been practicing and that he wasn't going to put him in there with the first team because this was first time fully practicing this camp. I didn't necessarily see it as a – like some were interpreting it as, you know, he hadn't put in the effort or he hadn't put in the work to be able to, to be in the first team or to be a starter here early on in camp. I thought it was just simply Mike Tomlin kind of annoyed that Dotson that, uh, that, that, uh, that hadn't been out there yet. You know, I asked him a similar question – with Eric Ebron on Saturday about him getting back because Ebron <laughs> had a, had an elbow thing and, and had missed like six practices or something. And I said, Hey, how, and Ebron dominated. I mean, he was unstoppable in some of the one-on-ones against the the linebackers and safeties. And I asked him, you know, how good was it to get Eric Ebron back out there? And it was like, good to see him back out there. So clearly <laughs> he was a little, a little aggravated that he had not been practicing and maybe the, the injury was much to do about nothing. Well, I, I think I like, feel the same way about Dotson. I think like most coaches, they take
0: practices more seriously than the players do, Uh, and and they want that intensity. They want the participation, first of all, and then they want the quality of participation. I agree. I thought Ebron was really good on Saturday as well. Uh, But I I think this is, Tom, here's the positive with this situation. It's not like the rest of the line has been working together and only Dotson has missed. I mean, they haven't had their tackles. They haven't had Dotson. Turner's been given a veteran day off here and there, and technically – they're running with their second team center, although it seems like there's probably no doubt now that Kendrick Green will be the starting center.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. And, and you know, Coward, uh, if, if he makes the team, I'd be surprised uh, because they've got Hassanauer and B.J. Finney, as interior backups. And, and I, you know, Coward is he's headed for the practice squad and maybe we'll get a promotion at some point if Trey Turner gets injured again. That, at least that's what that's that's kind of the expectation I would have.
2: Uh, The the second preseason game coming up on Thursday, they're traveling to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you guys anticipate seeing probably what looks more like the first team offensive line unit uh, for that game Thursday night? Jim, what do you think?
1: Not really. Um, I would just, again, based on what we've seen, uh, I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if if, if that's to contradict my colleague, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dotson did play with the first team. But but if he doesn't, I don't think it's any big deal. I would imagine Chooks will play. I would imagine Kevin uh, Kendrick Green will play, uh, Turner will play, and Banner will not. That would just be my because you know Banner is slowly making his way back, and he's less than a year removed from from knee surgery. So so for for him to be coming along slowly, I don't think that's anything unusual at all. Uh, and and it may take until that last two weeks between the final preseason game and the regular season opener before you actually see him getting extensive action. Because while he goes out there for you know he'll go out there for like seven on seven and that kind of stuff. But even without pads on Sunday, uh, when when there was you know limited contact, it was Joe Haig who was who was playing right tackle. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not that Joe Haig is, is he kind of falls in the coward <laughs> role as far as offensive linemen. But I I, I agree. I don't, unless there be something drastically that changes over the, n- the next couple of days, uh, but Banner is getting closer and that that's good news. But I, I don't think you want to risk him out there in this situation. Yes. It's just. It's just too early, and you're right, Jim. He, he's starting to do some. He's starting to do some seven shots. He's starting to do some eleven on eleven, but mostly in spider, which there is some contact, but it's not full out. Uh, but I do think this. I will. I do think we'll see Zach Banner go through warm-ups just to kind of go through that process of getting ready for a game day again, where he'll stretch and he'll be in uniform. And uh, but he just, I don't think we'll be out there either on Thursday. But the offensive line is. I mean, they had it. Uh, point in time where, with the exception on Saturday, with the exception of Dotson, they had everybody else together. So yep. it's it's starting to get there, and they still do have a month before they play a game. And
2: last thing here on the offensive line, guys, is Cale Berger here with Jeff Hathorne and Jim Colony, our Steelers insiders from 937 the Fam.com here on Pittsburgh Training Camp Live. Uh, Mike Tomlin on Saturday was pretty complimentary of Kendrick Green. I think we, we may have discussed this on Friday following the Hall of Fame game, but uh, did you guys – like what you saw from him in the first uh, preseason affair? Jeff, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I thought he was good. I, I, you know, no missed snaps, and I know that's simple, but for your first game, you didn't say any of that. There was no confusion. There were no timeouts because people didn't know where they were going, uh, and I, I thought the line played pretty well. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, that he's Marquis Pouncey, but for his first game, uh, I thought he handled things well.
1: I agree.
2: <laughs> Beautiful. Synergy here from our Steelers Insiders. Well, just keep it short.
1: Keep it concise, right?
2: Oh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Kale Berger with Jeff Hathorn and Jim Colony, our Steelers Insiders uh, from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, here on Pittsburgh Training Camp Live. And guys, <laughs> we also spoke and heard from Keith Butler, Steelers defensive coordinator on Saturday. And someone must have slipped him a little bit of truth serum or something because he was very uh, honest with his uh, media engagements on saturday let's first talk about the kind of revelation that everyone kind of expected and knew was the case but he kind of flat out and said it when it regards to tj watt uh keith butler basically said that yeah tj watt's not practicing not fully participating because of of, of his contract situation waiting to get that extension signed with the steelers that might make him the, the highest paid defensive player in the nfl um Jim, I'll start with you. You had some interesting thoughts on, on T.J. Watt and, and what he is doing off to the side during practices. He's not participating in the team stuff and the real heavy stuff. But but you had an interesting take that we spoke yesterday uh, at Heinz Field about what he's doing off to the side as he's still trying to, to work through these things.
1: Well, I would submit that at least on a day where there is no contact, and Sunday was a day where there was no contact or very little contact. Let's put it that way. That T.J. Watt exerted himself more than say Alex Highsmith did or Melvin Ingram. Uh, the work that he does on the side is more intense than than a lot of the things that his teammates are doing as part of a practice. Having said that, uh, it's almost as if it's almost as if with some of the, the the cutting drills he does and pivoting and the and and you know trying to mimic football moves, moves that he'd have to make in a game, he's actually putting himself at more risk than his teammates are. Like, it's almost as if with the the cutting and going back and forth and stuff like that, that that there's a better chance that he would suffer that dreaded non-contact injury uh, than it would be if he actually participated in some of the drills.
0: Yeah. uh, Jeffrey, go ahead. ahead. uh, Quick story. Like, when we were in high school, we always thought basketball team, we had the toughest practices. And then we – then we switched one day with the wrestlers oh, yes! realized what hard work was all about. And I think it's yes. similar. I think the Steelers are going through basketball practice and Watt is going through wrestling drills, which some of the drills are. If you look at some of the leverage things that he's doing with the pads, uh, that's what it reminded me of. And 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 here's the thing. People think, oh, he's holding out. And I, I saw some of the reactions on Twitter. It's amazing how quick fans will turn on somebody when yeah. they feel like you know they're getting paid too much or they need to go to work. He's there every day. He stretches with the team. He talks to the team. The only thing he doesn't do are the team drills. He does his stuff on the side. Um, but there's no animosity. There's no him you know, being in a whole separate area. He's just separate when they're doing drills. Everything else is together, and there's really no issue from that standpoint. And I think from Butler, what we found out about Butler was he was a two-time player rep. And he, yeah. he, you know, he was part of two strikes. So these guys <laughs> can be in a position – to make this kind of money, and I think that's part of the reason why Butler's like, "Do what you want to me. I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm all for TJ getting as much money as he can."
1: There's nobody at Heinz Field, and and probably that even includes Art Rooney. There's nobody there who doesn't want TJ Watt to get paid. There's nobody, you know. Certainly, his teammates want him to get paid. The coaches want him to get paid. Everybody wants him to get paid. And guess what? At some point, he's going to get paid. And I guess you know, it would be nice if, if that time was, you know, th- this week, uh, but that may not happen. Uh, but I, I, I mean, do you guys have any doubt that it's going to get done at some point in some fashion? I don't
0: no, no, but I do think it's complicated because it's that kind of money first time, you know, it's, it's not paying a quarterback 30 million because you kind of write that check easy. It's potentially paying an outside linebacker north of, you know, 24, 25 million, which is just, they've never well, done before I, I, well, I and it's a guarantee that's right. the other he part of it the too guarantee.
1: and that and I don't know how they're going to be able to do that because I've, I've always thought and I don't know how you guys feel about this I've, I've thought that that okay if, if they don't want to sign guys during the season all right uh I, I can understand why they wouldn't do that but in terms of not structuring con- they need to keep up with the rest of the league I think when it comes to this kind of stuff and, and uh, when, when he's, you know, obviously the quarterback's the most important person, but guess what? If this is Ben Roethlisberger's final season, then all of a sudden who becomes the the most important player on the Steelers, TJ Watt.
0: And Jim, what's complicated here is Minka is watching Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith, Schuster, anyone that has a contract coming up at some point quickly is watching what the Steelers do here. And if they guarantee money, and those guys are going to be like, well, wait a minute. You guaranteed it here. So that that's what I think makes this complicated. And it's not as easy as we'll just sign them like we have other guys. Uh, there's a lot that's going into this decision, but I do think it will get done.
2: Jeff, another guy to mention in that group would be Najee Harris, a guy who, what, five years from now will be in line for potentially a second contract and extension with the Steelers as well and a first-round pick like TJ Watts. So another guy to throw into that mix. And, and like you said, I was – I was impressed with the, the empathy showed by, by Keith Butler on Saturday, and, and I didn't know he was a player rep either. Uh, so I was really blown away by him saying, hey, I get it. I mean, he's got he's to do what he's got to do. Um, uh, on, uh, another, another facet of the T.J. Watt thing, you know, if they don't get this deal done or, or if this extends to the last possible day, maybe the day before the season opens against the Buffalo Bills, does T.J. Watt need to participate in training camp? Does he need to practice or, or be playing any preseason games? And, and I and I say this because you look back to what two or three years ago when Aaron Donald, a Pittsburgh guy, obviously star of the uh, Los Angeles Rams, he held out for the entirety of training camp, didn't play a single preseason game, and goes on to win Defensive Player of the Year. Does TJ Watt need to to get back in there and, and participate in the in the real, uh, I guess, uh, in depth stuff, the team drills and team portions of uh, training camp and preseason games?
1: maybe TJ should try that and you'll finally beat out Aaron Donald for defensive player You're of the right. year. Aaron, Aaron Donald's the only guy standing between TJ and a couple of those awards. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I've, I've thought about that and, and I've thought about it from a standpoint of, of you need to, it's almost like a player coming back from injury where you need to simulate contact. You need to have, or not simulate, you need to have that contact. But I don't know that, that seems to me something that, that they'd be able to, to, to give him in a training camp setting uh, but but I geez I I, I kind of go back and forth on that so I, I hate to not have a strong opinion of that I think he would be okay if, if he didn't play at all in any preseason games I think he'd be fine uh, I'm not sure if he if he I don't think he needs it but would that would he not be as good at the beginning of the season if he didn't have it I, that that's a question I can't answer
0: guys I apologize I think I'm cutting in and out here but uh, I I think you. we're at a crossroads. I think we're at a crossroads with practices now, because last year, you know, TJ Watt had 15 sacks and 15 games and nobody had preseason games last year. So yeah. I, I think we're at that, that weird, of course, it's being cut down to three games. That
1: weird time of when he would normally be starting to practice, but he's not. And
2: I'm like, hey, we don't need this. Absolutely. Jeff Hard at work for us on his way Jim. back from Canton from covering this weekend's Hall of Fame festivities. We'll touch on that a little bit uh, later on. Jim, you had something to add uh, on the T.J. Watt front?
1: No, I was just trying to finish Jeff's thought. We're like an old married couple where we can finish each other's sentences. And I tried and I think I failed miserably.
2: That's the type of relationship we have here at 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh between our Steelers <laughs> Insiders, Jim Colony and Jeff Hathorne. I'm Cale Berger with you on Pittsburgh Training camp live and guys, another thing that uh, that uh, Keith Butler mentioned on Saturday was he was pretty uh, pretty open and pretty honest about the depth at inside linebacker as well. We know Devin Bush coming back from a torn ACL that uh, ended his season prematurely last year. Robert Spillane was an emergence; he's going to slide in there as the uh, other starting inside linebacker alongside Bush. But behind them, guys, I mean, it is it is a pretty bleak situation for the Steelers, and that's what Keith Butler, frankly, painted on Saturday. I mean, he said, and I quote, uh, we've got to see what's going on there. We've got to find out who's going to be our best backups right now. That's still in question, I think. So, uh, Jeff, if you could weigh in here on, on Keith Butler and, and him pretty critical uh, of his inside linebacker depth. He went on to say that when asked, do you want them to bring someone else in, he basically said, you know, that's Kevin Colbert's job, not mine, so – Maybe he's hinting there that we need some outside help to come in and bolster this unit.
0: Yeah, they need some help there. Uh, You know, Kevin Colbert said, we don't have lack depth, we lack experience. But as these guys are playing more, I want to give you Gilbert another game. He had a really obviously bad play. Can he bounce back from that play? I want to give him that opportunity. Marcus Allen, I I don't know if that experiment is ever going to work. Uh, You know, Avery Williamson still sitting out there. I, I think they need a veteran guy he doesn't have to be an all-pro, but just another veteran guy that they can count on to be in the right place at the right time.
1: Well, especially because Devin Bush is still less than a year removed from his surgery. And, and you know, maybe recovery times are quicker nowadays with, with surgical procedures. But still, you know, that's that's not a sure thing. And, you know, Robert Spillane is still a young player and, and unproven to a certain degree. And the other thing, and, I, and, and this is another one of those deals, I, I don't know how much this means but we saw it. We, we saw it against. We saw it in the first preseason game against Dallas, and we see it pretty much on a daily basis at training camp, where the middle of the field guys are just running free. Uh, the, the the coverage, the coverage is not good, and that includes Devin Bush, and then the guys behind Bush and Spillane. Uh, you know, even they actually stick out every now and again more than the other guys do. But of course, they're not playing against. Uh, you know Eric Ebron and Pat, Pat Fryermuth They're playing against down the liners, uh, but the, the, it, it certainly shapes up as, as an area of weakness. And yet, you know what, what? What does this stuff really mean at this at this time of year? I guess. But I guess when it's a lack of experience, this could be an indication that there that there is a problem there.
2: But there are definitely options out there, as Jeff mentioned. Avery Williamson, a potential reunion with him after they traded for him last year. Another big name is KJ mm. Wright. You know, a Super Bowl champion, a former Seattle Seahawk he's probably the best option there at linebacker that's still available on the market. He's approaching you know, north of 30 years old, so is he necessarily the age of a guy they want to bring in or how much uh, wheels does he have left if they need help in the pass coverage department? Uh, but it's K.J. Wright, it's Avery Williamson, and then I guess the third potential guy would be B.J. Goodson, the former uh, Browns linebacker, if you want to bring in you know, a former enemy. Uh, but I think that's really a, a point of contention right now for the Steelers, and they have the money. To, to bring someone in they have the money to add someone to fill some depth in that in that portion of the, of the team uh, but they've addressed seemingly all the, the areas of, of weakness and, and lack of depth that they've had. They've fixed offensive line. Uh, well, they know, hope they hope well they've added people on the offensive line not necessarily fixed. Uh, they have uh, added some some at tight end with the retirement of Vance McDonald. They have had some guys emerge in the secondary the main one that's standing out right now is inside linebacker
1: yeah and I don't know my guess is you know you know it's funny too remember John Bostic right and everybody was oh good yeah. he's glad to get rid of John bostic and 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 then he turned out. he had a pretty good year last year I think for Washington right and actually I think made plays against the Steelers but but uh, they they've seems like they've tried and they brought in guys and and who so oh, come on Mark Barron was another one. Uh, that 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 was brought in and, and they didn't those moves haven't seemed to work, you know, but it looks like they may be headed in that direction. And then Williamson didn't even play last year when they got him. And, and when it looked like there was a chance where he should play, he still didn't. Uh, so, you know, are, are they going to go that route again? I don't know. And, and Ulysses Gilbert is a, you know, at times he looks he looks like he's got some potential. And it seems like just as he shows some of that potential, he gets hurt. Uh, which you know, good for him it hasn't happened yet yet this season. But like Jeff said, he had that one awful play against against Dallas in the Hall of Fame game.
0: And and here's the issue: I think middle linebackers as spotty as my cell coverage right now. Uh, I think what what needs to happen is they need if they want to go to more defensive backs because they feel better uh, about that situation. Modern technology. Can like you hear I me say, now, Jeff? Jeff, hard at We're work. We're going to get somewhere in middle America. that has been an issue with this defense. And they're in a division with Baltimore and Cleveland, both can run the football very well. Uh, and if they're having to put in uh, defensive backs, that's going to be an issue for this defense.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jim. You had something to add there?
1: No, I just say Marcus Allen. I that, that's an interesting experiment, and and but th- you know that's the thing, as Jeff points out. With Baltimore and Cleveland, is that they still have punishing running games, and and in Baltimore that even goes beyond the quarterback. Uh, so, do you still need that? I mean, Vince Williams is still hanging around, but I think he's uh, I think he's happily retired, coaching youth, uh, assisting yeah. on a youth football team in, in our neck of the woods. Uh, but but uh, it's they they don't have that that run stopping guy in the middle, which is why sometimes I keep coming back to, you know, does, does Melvin Ingram does he somehow fit into that equation? Where, yeah, you want him as a backup for for the outside linebackers for for Highsmith, who's looked good by the way throughout the preseason, and then and then T.J. Watt, uh, but could you put him on the field with those guys? And is that is, is that an option at some point down the line? Maybe not all the time, but you know, instead of him being a, geez, I don't know. Let's say if the other team, if the off, the other team's offense gets what like fifty one snaps a game, and so the defense, instead of him getting seventeen snaps, a third of the snaps, maybe he's on the field in one way or another for say half of the snaps.
2: Well, I'll, I'll say this, Jim. We, we got to look at some of the Steelers' uh, outside linebackers and pass rushers trying to guard some tight ends for some reason. I hope the Steelers aren't actually planning to do that. I hope they were just kind of fooling around, well, fooling with some things, messing around, but it was not just, pretty. For just Melvin. ask Vince Williams about
1: Keenan Allen, see if that rings yeah. a bell.
2: Yeah, well, it was not pretty for Melvin Ingram and Cassius Marsh and others trying to guard some of uh, uh, Pat Fryermuth and Eric Ebron and, and players like that uh, over the weekend. Uh, but another thing I want to I want to touch on here, guys, and, and this was a story that broke kind of after uh, we got done recording on Friday, and that was that James Washington, uh, what, the third or fourth-year wide receiver for the Steelers, uh, is unhappy with his playing time, requested a trade, uh, and basically wanted to go elsewhere. This was reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter. Uh, Mike Toml was asked about it on Saturday, and he pretty much flat-out dismissed it and said uh, he hasn't approached us about a trade. He's working hard. He's having a great camp. But – that could be Coach Tomlin just trying to put this thing to bed, or this could be legitimately uh, James Washington is disgruntled. You know, The team drafts Chase Playpool last year. He comes in and shows out as a rookie. They bring back Juju Smith-Schuster. They have Deontay Johnson. Uh, Jim, I'll, I'll throw it to you here. What is your read on the James Washington situation? Who are you believing? Are you believing the Adam Schefters of the world, or are you believing Mike Tomlin?
0: Yes.
1: Um, and, and here's why. Because I think what's what's happening here is that did, did, when Mike Tomlin says James Washington has not asked him for a trade, that's because he hasn't. Um, however, has James Washington's agent contacted Kevin Colbert to you know, say, hey, you know what, if he's not going to play here? could you could you send us someplace else where he might be able to play because he's in a contract year so i think that's what th- th- that's the read i have on that it's almost like those college coaches you know where they're looking for jobs when jobs become open and some coach's name comes up it's like you ask the coach if you talk to them he's like no but his people have <laughs> contacted their people yeah. you know it's always a kind of a plausible deniability sort of a thing
2: jeff what do you uh, what's your read on the james washington situation
1: Well, apparently Jeff hasn't asked for a trade either. <laughs> or maybe yes, Maybe yes, he and he's gone. Yes.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. No, here's my advice to James Washington. Play better. If you play better, injuries happen during the year. If you make a couple of plays, you're going to get.
2: Jeff is right about that. Yeah. I mean, if you take advantage of the opportunities, you make the most of them. When you get those limited opportunities, then <laughs> things will happen. Uh, the worst thing you can do is start
0: complaining and your teammates think you know, you're know you some kind of diva. Just go out there and make plays.
1: Well, the other thing, the quarterback is say, whether the coaches put him on the field or not. When they do put him on the field, the quarterback has an option. He's got, the ben Roethlisberger has tons of options this year. We've talked about that with a couple of tight ends now. You've got a running back who can do everything. And then you've got, well, at least three wide receivers ahead of him. And I think on some depth charts and configurations, you would consider Ray Ray McLeod ahead of James Washington the way things stand right now.
2: Uh, last thing before we wrap things up here today, guys, on this Monday edition of Pittsburgh Training Camp Live, Kale Berger with Jeff Hathorn and Jim Colony, our Steelers insiders from 937 The Fan in Pittsburgh. It obviously was Hall of Fame weekend, uh, two nights of incredible speeches and honors, and and paying homage to some of the uh, some of the game's greatest players. Five Steelers go in this weekend, Jim. I'll let you get the first crack at this one. What was your favorite moment or a moment that stuck out to you of this weekend's festivities?
1: Well, it's, it's Troy, um, and I think he was probably the happiest guy that there was. That the speeches were limited uh, to a certain amount of time because we've all seen them in the we've all seen them in the past where guys tend to ramble, and you can't blame them because it's an emotional moment for them. They want to make sure they thank everybody, uh, but but Troy did a real nice job of, of of summing things up. and And one of the things that one of the things that stuck out. You know, we talked about what it meant to be a Steeler. Uh, one of the guys he mentioned, and much to the surprise of this person, was Mike Logan, who was the yeah. guy who had started 15. Actually, he ended up starting – I think he started most every game Troy's rookie year when Troy was still trying to, you know, figure out this whole Steelers thing and, and how he could fit his skills to the NFL, which he obviously did. But I know we had Mike on the Fan Morning Show, and that that Mike had no idea that that, that he was going to get a mention like that from Troy which, you know, speaks volumes, speaks volumes about the work that Mike did unselfishly, basically grooming Troy to take his job, which he knew he was. I remember talking to him about it at the time. Uh, but but really, the, it was just it, it, and he said out of nowhere, you know, he said he was watching with his young son and his son said, wait a minute, did he just say Logan? And Mike goes, Mike goes, yes, because is he your friend? And Mike said, no, he's my brother. Um, and, uh, that was a, that, that was a tremendous, that, that was a tremendous moment, Troy's speech. I think we all anticipated it and it turned up uh, to be maybe better than advertised.
2: Jeff quickly here. Do you have a final, uh, do you have one thing that stood out to you from this weekend? Yeah, I thought all the speeches were good.
0: I mean, really, and I, I'm not that, not a, as a cop out and I have to admit, man, I had to hold back a little emotion watching Fanica yesterday. I thought he was uh, outstanding. I I thought they all did a great job and they were all moving and they all uh, talked about the Steeler way, right? That's one, all these guys mentioned is is the Steeler way. And I I know there are times we're critical of them, um, but it is a special
2: organization. Jeff Hathorn and Jim Colony, our Steelers, insiders from 937, the fan in Pittsburgh. Guys, thank you for your insight as always. And we got a preseason game coming up this Thursday. We'll break that down. It's against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. We'll talk about that coming up on Friday. But as always, it's Pittsburgh Training Camp Live every Monday and Friday, 10 a.m. here on the Odyssey app for Jeff Hathorn, for Jim Colony. I'm Kale Berger. We'll see you on Friday.